I was a uh, practicing clinician working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My, my grandmother and my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal seeing the sick side of 80, and now it's been exciting to be part of Fox. Light bulb moment, like that's a complete game changer. You can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 look so much different than it did back that long ago. And boil it down into one say, it's quite simply this, it's be stronger, live better longer. Welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, the podcast dedicated to clinicians who work with older adults. Please welcome back to the Live Better Longer podcast, Fox Rehabilitation speech language pathologist and regional quality assurance liaison, Elise Gordon. Welcome back. Hey, Jim, how are you? I'm great. Last time you were on, you were not an RQAL. No, this is a great, awesome jump clinical lead for me, and I'm loving it. Do you know, like in the, because you've worked elsewhere, is the RQAL, is that a Fox thing? It is, you know, um, there's the operation side, and then there's also the clinical support side. And a lot of companies out there with Medicare cuts and things, which we could have a whole nother podcast for another day about, <laughs> you know, have kind of gone away with their clinical, the extra layer of clinical support. And I'm so proud and so happy to be part of this team of um, clinical liaisons out there. But um, we really ha are lucky because not only do you have your operations and your support there, you, you get it as a clinician from the clinical side as well, which is awesome. And it's a very long title. It is. It's short. R-Q-A-L. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's impressive. It's impressive. So I'm, I'm glad you. that you are now in R-Q-A-L. Yes, I'm, I'm loving every minute of being part of this Fox rehabilitation practice. It's, it's really fulfilling so many, as I call them, buckets in my life. So. And I love that we can have you on the podcast because you're a great guest. Thank you. I, I love doing this. This is like super fun for me. <laughs> but you're no stranger because you had done podcasts prior to jumping on the Live Better Longer podcast. Right. I had done some radio. There was yes. a, a woman I was friendly with who had a health broadcast. And so when she couldn't fill it, I would pop on and talk about my favorite subject is treating older people in our community. Yeah. And if I ever go down, then you could host the Live Better Longer <laughs> podcast. I almost went down this week. With a I stupid cold. I don't, I, I don't think I could fill your shoes, though, my friend. Well, you... You've got big shoes. Well, no, 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 but you could keep it going for a few weeks. Okay. Like, if I lost my voice or something, which I almost did this week, you could keep it on track for a few weeks. I, I could. I, I have the yins down, right? <laughs> you wouldn't even have to use that at the end. <laughs> but, like I said at the top of the podcast, I said you're coming back because yes. you were on before... But the first time we met, you actually brought up this topic. And I said, oh, yeah, like, let's do that in podcast form. So it's finally happening today, the second time you're on the Live Better Longer podcast. Yes, I'm so proud of this podcast and what we're going to discuss today because it's super important. Because like your last topic, it's a little bit out of the box. You talked it about, totally yeah, you talked about when we met last year, what if we did a podcast on preparing older adults for hurricane season? 
And I thought, yes, because I, I haven't stumbled upon that on the internet. No. <laughs> and it makes sense. Now, you live in Florida. We do. So you're in the blast zone. We kind of are. And um, unfortunately, last year was the first time that we really, that since I've been living here 18 years um, in Southwest Florida, that we really had a big scare. We left the house, um, which is interesting because we were going to do this podcast before that happened. Yeah. And then, you know, Hurricane Ian came and, you know, every time there's a storm out there, we learn more. We do better every single time. You're learning from each experience. Absolutely. Which will hopefully Absolutely. keep you safer and then anyone who listens to this podcast safer. Yes, and, and our older people who need support. Yeah, because when you brought it up, talking about older adults, I thought, wow, like there's layers in there. So let's get into it. First of okay. all, when is hurricane season? Because I always thought, me living East Coast up in New York City, I always think of it as late August into November. Is that so, accurate? A little bit. Okay. Um, the formal date in the books, not that I'm a meteorologist, but the formal date in the books is June 1st to November 30th, actually. You know, when, that when I first long. moved down here, yeah, I thought, oh, if we can make it to October 1st, we're good. But it, it really formally goes until November the 30th. But June and November don't really get hit so terribly bad, especially on our coast. We're more, it heats up in August and September down here in the Gulf of Mexico, coastal Florida. Because I think of Katrina and I think of Sandy and both of those hit between August and September, October. Yes. Yes. But it does go through November. It's very rare to see anything in November. I feel like when you make it to Halloween, like God willing, you know, you can relax a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right. So living in Florida, as we discussed, I'm sure you've had multiple experiences preparing for a storm. I'm surprised yeah. that it was only recently where you had to evacuate. So can you take yeah. me through some of your experiences? Sure. So like I said, my husband and I have been in Sarasota, Florida for 18 years. We've had a couple scares, a couple things to watch. There was Hurricane Irma in 2017 that was scary as well, but it turned out, you know, as, as we'll talk about most hurricanes, change about 50 million times before the true path gets determined. And it was, we learned a lot through that in 2017 as well. And then um, Hurricane Ian really hit us here. So that's, that's the two were friends and family and people in my community you know, other parts of Florida and Texas and Alabama, Louisiana, they've had other scares. But for me, that those are the two that have really been scary, like scared, high anxiety, scary. Now, why did you evacuate for Hurricane Ian? Like what pushed you to actually get right. up out of your house? So it wasn't necessarily an evacuation where we were forced to evacuate. Um, I have parents who live in North Naples and we wanted to be together and based on the track that day, we decided to pack up our house and move down South because at the time it was projected closer to Sarasota. And then we literally drove to Naples and my dad is outside pacing and we pull into the driveway and he's, he said, they just moved the track 40 miles North. 
So then it's like, do you get back in the car and go home or do you stay where they were? And we elected to stay where they were. It was, it was scary because that was like really the first time that we left our house. You know, we could have stayed. It wasn't um, tremendous up here, but we had decided that it's better to be with family and be together, you know? So speaking of older adults. Yes. What are some steps older adults should take once they hear of an impending hurricane? So let's move back even further than that. There's okay. so many things which I've learned, which other people have learned just living here too, that you can do even before there's a storm. You can do this with no skin off your back. Um, you know, in April and May, the biggest thing is to have a plan. So we have older adults who live in senior living communities. That's a little bit easier and better because most of the senior living communities, as we learned through Katrina and other storms, they have so many things they have to have generators and food rations and water and extra medications and things and staff to help take care of them. Mm-hmm. So not that I don't worry about those folks, but more worry about the people who are living alone in their homes. They need a plan. So before storm season even comes, they can find out what flood zone and evacuation zone they're in. And if they're in a high one on a barrier island, like in Sarasota, we have an island here called Longboat Key. You know, that's an evacuation A or highest or what have you. They need to have a plan of what's going to happen. And you don't want to do that plan when the storm is three days out. You want to know that plan with family beforehand. There's emergency shelters in our county. There's a really great um, website, emergency operations website that will tell you your flood zone. It will tell you what the special needs um, shelters are. And I do have a, a bestie who's a lieutenant paramedic in Sarasota County. And when I was telling her I was doing this podcast, she reminded me that to research things, because if you have older adults who can't drive, who might need transportation to a shelter, she said that there are ways to pre-register for that possibly in the county. So you need to go on and know your county and know what there's tons of services here that are offered. So that's the first thing I would do is have a plan, know your evacuation zone and know what you're going to do if the storm is coming. That's huge. But it's so simple. Simple, easy. That's the easiest thing you can do. And then also what's easy to do is when hurricane season comes in May, you know, or it starts in June, but when it's coming, it's May and it's June. And even now in the beginning or close to the end of July, we keep adding things at our house. We have a hurricane box. So every time you go to the store, you add a couple of things. You make sure you have enough water. You make sure you have enough non-perishable foods. Now, because the stores are crazy, when that hurricane comes, it's like a snowstorm up north. You know, it's very hard to get things. It's crowded. People are tense. They have anxiety. There's long lines. So if you want to better yourself, you buy things Mm -hmm. that you know you're going to use so you're not wasting money or wasting supplies. And we're not hoarding anything. But it's just good practice to be prepared all the time because anytime it could come. So I'm also assuming that with older adults, say if they have the greatest plan possible, they have transportation, they know where they're going to go. You got to keep your family, friends, and caregivers in the loop. Absolutely. So having a phone tree, making sure your children who may not live in town know the names and numbers of your caregivers or people they can call to help out. Very important. 
you know, like I said, there's shelters in town. When they start opening them, there are some special needs shelter. No one really wants to be in a shelter gym. It's not pleasant. It's not, I mean, I, I haven't been in one, but um, I will tell you that just based on others who have, it's life-saving. It's not, it's not club med, right. you know, <laughs> there's not showers and, and happy music and the best hot food you'll ever have. <laughs> But it's definitely better, again, to be with others, I feel, than being alone if you can, you know, get out. And I think that's one of the lessons we learned in Katrina, too, is that a lot of people just didn't have the means or the transportation to get out. So, um, you know, I hope that's something that we learned and, and having a plan is great. And I will tell you, too, a really big thing that I've learned over probably the past five years in Florida is to pick one person on Facebook to follow or one newscaster to follow. And it shouldn't be a national news meteorologist. I'm not knocking the national media or the national meteorologists who we have. I mean, Jim Cantore is awesome. But um, <laughs> there's local meteorologists who we follow here and Everybody has a Facebook page. Everybody has, you know, a, a feed um, that gives up-to-date information. You don't have to wait for the every hour or whatever they have during the day. And then pick one and stick with it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get crazy flip-flopping. Right. So um, back to family who don't live in town, sometimes the national media makes it look worse or different mm -hmm. than it really is. So you want to talk to the people who are local, who are watching the local news and the local authorities and the local emergency management operations, because they will tell you what's truly going on and not just what's going on like you think from the north or right. the west coast or across the world or whatever. They're on the ground. Yes. So, and, and you can make yourself crazy following cones and spaghetti models and all these things. But I feel like if you, I've learned this for myself and my storm anxiety, cause that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Pick one person that you adore, that you like, has a good personality and stick with them and they will get you through the storm. All right. Next, important. next question for you, Elise. Yes. If an older adult does have to evacuate, even just for a day or two, what items should they bring with them? So depending on what they can carry or who's evacuating with them, but, you know, we literally have a plastic box that we bring with us. So it should have important documents, you know, and, and water sealed bags, like birth certificates, passports, all those things. Um, you know, if you're in a home, you know, your homeowner's insurance policy is good to have, or, or you could even photo it on your phone and take your phone with you. And then obviously medications, um, contact information, and then um, some non-perishable food items. Batteries are huge importance. Um, but, you know, if you're an older person, you might not be able to carry all this with you. So the most important things, obviously, number one is your medications. Mm -hmm. And then maybe even a medication list. So someone at a shelter or someone's at a different place where you're going, you, you're not going to be in your home. You're going to be disrupted. So it's really good to carry around a medication list of what you take and how often and what your pharmacy is, because, you know, there are people in Ian who are displaced for a long period of time. And if they use a national pharmacy, it was just much easier to get um, medications transferred to where they were, you know, evacuated to. But that's really important for older people. And then, you know, if an older person that we have or patient or resident is on oxygen, it's hugely important to have extra oxygen. 
Um, all those things are, are things that you need to think about. But for sure, you know, papers and medications and, and cash is king. You know, if there's no power, it's good to have some extra mm-hmm. cash in your wallet. Not for it to get stolen, but just to make things easier for you. But, you know, obviously, if you're um, an older person and you're needing to evacuate and you needed help with the evacuation, that may not be high on your list. But those are things that we think about a lot. And do you ever feel guilty for over-preparing? Because I remember, I think it was <laughs> a year or two before Sandy, we were expecting a huge storm in New York City, yeah. and it never hit. And mm-hmm. because people were like, ah, oh, like it didn't hit, they were underprepared when the Correct. next big storm hit. So it's not a, I don't think, I don't think it's a bad thing to over-prepare. It's not. You, you just want to quell the, the storm anxiety. But I think that happens a lot as people overprepare, And then when they say you need to evacuate, they don't because they feel like, oh, well, last time it wasn't that bad. And um, not to sound morbid or, you know, negative, but it really only takes one really bad storm to, to yeah. knock you out. You yes. That's, that's the thing. Like, it may not look bad, but it only takes one storm. You know, we don't really care how many storms they predict because the predictions aren't ever 100% accurate. It's a hard thing to predict. So I think people get um, blasé a little bit about, oh, it was only five major hurricanes. And last year they said eight they're not going to hit us. And so you have to stay on your game and just be overprepared. And again, through 18 years of living here, um, there, there's some overpreparedness that I, I work towards a positive way. For example, with the non-perishable foods, we used to buy crazy things and then they would expire. And then it was like wasteful and we don't want to be wasteful. So we tend to buy things that we know we're going to consume after hurricane season. Um, And then also, it's a really great time post-hurricane season to donate your non-perishable food items to the food bank. You know, there are ways around it. I'm a worry wart and I'm an over-prepared person. I'm a speech therapist for pizza. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm anal, a little on the anal side of the camp and um, I over-prepare and I think, you know, once in a while, my husband would love like the weatherman to say like, oops, sorry, we said it was going to be worse than it is. And, And that's a good problem to have. You know, all kidding aside, you, you can have a lot of storm anxiety and the buildup is tremendous and it's very tiring and it can really drain you. And so that's why it's really good to pick one follow, one person to follow, um, have one plan. And no matter what anybody else does in line at Target or at work or anything, you know, there's a lot of like, well, they said it's going to be this. So we need to buy a generator. If you're going to buy a generator, buy a generator before storm season right. or buy it now when there's not a storm coming. Make sure it's installed correctly. You know, all these things we can, we've learned, we, we can do this better. You know, we can be a better scout, I say, and, and prepare better. But that's hugely important. And then my last question for you, any good guidance for older adults post-storm? For sure, if, you, if you've been forced, if they say to evacuate, evacuate. Because if you're in an evacuation zone and you don't leave your residence, the EMTs and the paramedics and the firefighters and the policemen and everybody, at a certain time, when the winds get to a certain point, they won't come out because of their safety. And if you need help or you need to be evacuated, 
at that time, there, there are no services and it's scary. So for sure, evacuate. And then if you were in an evacuation zone, I would check to make sure that the police or the fire department or whomever is, you know, walking around FEMA, whoever at the end says that it is safe to go back to your residence. You know, in a perfect world, an older person could go evacuate to where the hurricane's not going to be, and it would be family or friends, and they could stay an extra day or two, because it, it, it's a lot. You know, um, people are anxious, and they want to get back, and no one's slept, and no one's, you know, showered, no one feels good, and they just, to, to rush back to have no power or to rush back just to check the home, it's always better if you can wait a day or two. I think the takeaway from this is because every tip you gave went back to the first tip you gave, have a plan. Yes. So if you have a solid plan, there's a lot less to worry about. Correct. Um, and just a couple more things. If you have pets, make sure you know where the pet-friendly shelters are. I don't have pets at my house, so that's one less thing we have to do. And then, you know, like I said... I'll say it again, like you can watch TV and the internet and Facebook a million times and there's 10 different analysis of the same storm. There's a gentleman from Tampa who I really follow and I love and his number seven, he's got seven rules for hurricanes and his number seven rule is don't freak out until I tell you to. <laughs> so I will tell everybody That's don't good. freak out yeah. until they tell you to. You know, because what they're predicting on Monday is never going to be what it is on Friday. And I actually got the best Mother's Day gift this year because he was speaking. He's kind of like a town celebrity. And I got to go hear him speak. And he was saying that even, you know, a couple of degrees to the left or to the right or north or south or wobble can impact the storm going 300 miles in a different direction at the end of the week. So that was really eye opening for me. So again, don't freak out until they tell you to, but be prepared. Be prepared. You know, take it seriously because it is. It could be. It could be life or death. It could be. It could be. And, and things are just things as upsetting and annoying as it is to get things rebuilt and, and rebought and purchased and stuff. You know, life and limb is more important. That's right. And I will tell you last year during um, Hurricane Ian, the Fox management team was amazing. I got phone calls every day from um, regional vice presidents and, of course, my regional director, who's awesome. And they didn't, you know, just how, how are you? What can we do to help you? So it was awesome. And I was still pretty new as a full-time employee at that time. And I was just amazed that I'm driving to Naples to leave my home to see what the next 48 hours are going to be. And there's you know, Romeo Gallo on the phone. How are you, Lise? How can I help you? What can I do for you? We're here for you. So that's a huge plug for Fox Rehabilitation because they're we're awesome. We, we do it right. And when we don't, we learn how to do it better next time. And they did it right from the beginning. Yeah. Romeo Gallo is like a, a superhero. He is. <laughs> I'm so happy to be on his team. Part, part superhero, part energizer bunny. Correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take a break. Couple more questions before I before I relieve you of your podcast duties today, Elise. So I'm here. <laughs> don't go anywhere. More Live Better Longer podcast coming up next. All right. So as we take a quick water break, I just want all the 
physical therapists, occupational therapists, and speech language pathologists to huddle up. You know how in January, everyone always has New Year's resolutions and they're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to get a new job. I feel like fall is comparable. Summer is over. A new season is starting. Feels like a, a new beginning. And I know some people think about switching their jobs come fall. So once again, if you're a PT, OT, SLP, and you're thinking about a change, why don't you join Fox Rehabilitation? And if any Fox clinicians are listening right now, you've got friends, you've got clinicians you went to school with, how about recommending them to join the Fox family? Because you know what I say, the more the merrier. We treat in 28 different states. Spoiler alert, That number is changing soon. And by the time this podcast is posted, that number may have already changed to 29. I'll give you a hint. Uh, For all of you college basketball fans, think of Powder Blue. Think of Dean Smith. Think of Michael Jordan. Pretty much gave you the answer right there. So if you are looking for a change in the fall, like many do in January, may I suggest you going to careers.foxrehab.org and joining the Fox Rehabilitation family. We are back on Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. I am chatting with Fox Rehabilitation speech-language pathologist, Elise Gordon. Gave us a, a great look at how to prepare for a hurricane today. Have a plan. Don't freak, don't freak out unless you have to. <laughs> right. Don't freak out until they tell you to. Yes. That's, that's my so, meteorologist guy. <laughs> earlier this year... You gave us a glimpse of Sarasota, Florida. You, you told us, nice place to visit. Don't necessarily move here because we don't want longer coffee lines. But fall season, give, a, give us a look at Florida in the fall. So Florida in the fall is beautiful. It is still hot. And um, Mother Nature tricks us around the second week of October, which is when my birthday is. And you get a glimpse of, ooh, the weather's changing. It's a little bit cooler in the morning. It's not as hot at night when you take your trash out at 10 p.m. and it's dark and you think it should be cool because I did grow up in the north. And then it gets hot. It's always hot on, on Halloween. So, you know, the kids are wearing very limited costumes because it's hot. And then kind of like the beginning, first, second week of November is really the best between November, December, before it gets cold, it does get cold here, not cold like the north, but it gets cold for, I consider myself a Floridian now. So it, it does get colder where you have to wear jackets and um, sweaters and long pants and socks. I don't love to wear socks, but in the winter I will wear socks. <laughs> but it's just beautiful. It, um, it's not rainy season. So again, you know, during hurricane season, we watch the news every day for the weather. You know, we follow meteorologists. And then in, in the beginning of winter, um, Christmas time, it's still not very cold. It gets cold in January, beginning of February. We might have a frost or two where, you know, it's 38, 42 in the morning. And then, of course, 
they joke. It's like three seasons in one day. It's winter in the morning. It's spring in the, you know, the middle of the day. And then it's summer in the afternoon. Do you swim? Um, Do you swim in December? I do not. I I take that back. I do not swim in December unless the pool is heated. Okay. So what's... And right... What's right now we're swimming every day. Yeah, but what's the what's the temperature in December? Could you swim if it was a non-heated pool? You could. <laughs> but it'd be cold. It might be a little chilly. Okay. I mean the Gulf of Mexico is cold. Yeah. All right. But yeah, no, we, we swim quite a bit um now and then we don't really swim much in the winter unless, like I said, unless it's a heated pool or you have visitors coming and then you heat your pool for them. But Understood. we don't typically Heat our pool in the wintertime. And you know what? I don't hate the warm Halloween because up here, if it's cold and you have an awesome costume, you've got to wear a coat underneath it and it compromises your Halloween costume. Correct. That That is how I was raised. I was raised in <laughs> Rochester, New York, where it was snowing by Halloween. And um, every year you were either a ghost because you could wear your winter coat and your hat underneath your sheet, <laughs> or you were a football player with a jersey on top of your winter clothes. But other than that, that was all. So down here, it's just your Princess Jasmine with just like strapless dress. Right, know? right. Yeah. No, the, the Halloween's good here just warm all right well elise thank you for the tips today absolutely and the number one thing in the gordon family household in the hurricane box gym is um beef jerky just saying yeah no yeah i'm with that i'm with that so thank you for the time a happy fall to you down in florida thank you talk to you soon so for elise gordon my name is jim shear and we will see yens later 